0: The following program is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V I A G E N pets.com.
1: Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. Here is the number.
2: It's a toll-free number. Doesn't cost you a penny. 1-866-405-8405. And we'd love to hear from you, especially if you have a question about your animals. Dr. Debbie can answer those questions, behavior and uh, medical questions. Of course, groomer Joey Volani, all of your grooming questions. What what type of tutu to wear this summer?
3: What colors what are colors. in?
2: Yeah. Yes. He'll, he'll help you with that kind of stuff. On the show today, we have animal shrink, Dr. Nicholas Dodman. And he's been on many times. This guy is cutting edge. He's, he's going to talk about some of the maladies that dogs and cats and other animals have that are so similar to humans, and we're talking about depression, we're talking about OCD, we're talking about AAD, or ADD, Tourette's, I know, can't believe animals could have Tourette's, (laughs) so we're going to find out about that in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also, comedian Christina O'Leary will be joining us, and I love it when these comedians come on, they're always funny, that's what makes them comedians, and this one especially, she actually teaches comedy. I want to ask her about that because I, I didn't think you could teach that. I think you're either funny or you're not funny. Uh, it's like teaching love to me. I don't know, but I'll ask her about it. Of course, she's on because she loves her animals, and she's raising money uh, for animals in Aruba. Now, when I think of Aruba, Aruba, I think of vacation. Isn't that a place you'd vacation in Aruba? Sure.
3: Sounds yeah. wonderful.
2: So what are the animals that she's rescuing in Aruba? Do they have an animal problem, a dog problem? Hmm could we we'll find out we'll find out and she's doing some comedy shows to raise money for these animals too uh, so that'll be on the show before we uh, expire today what are you working on over there in the newsroom miss lori brooks
4: oh this is so cool there is an airline which has just turned the dog rescue world upside down by saying that it will be flying rescue dogs for free
2: wow Wow, that's yeah. incredible, because airlines these it days, is. they want to nickel and dime you for everything. For
4: everything, yeah. Right, and they don't want to take pets in some cases, or they have to fly as, you know, a certain cargo or something. So this is a, a terrific story, and we'll share it with you.
2: Okay, let's go to the phones for your calls first. The, uh, the numbers are toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. You can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. So download that now. Uh, we go to Robin. Hi, Robin. How are you? I'm hanging in there. How about you? Very well. What's going on?
5: Uh, well, I had a question for Dr. Debbie. I have a little diabetic pug, and uh, I like to uh, give her treats, but now she's quite restricted. I have found one uh, venue, which is the Old Dog Cookie Company in Maine, that has diabetic uh, treats, and I'm wondering what uh, Dr. Debbie would think about them and if she knows of any other sources.
6: Well, yeah, I'm mean, not honestly familiar with that particular um treat item um, but you know with diabetic dogs you know we definitely there's there's two things that we're struggling one is we're trying to not allow them to gain weight because an overweight pet has a harder time being managed with diabetes so that's the one struggle the other is you know we don't want to give them anything that's got too much of a high glycemic index that's going to really cause spurs in their blood sugar level so um, I, I have to say for the average pet owner um, I don't get too in the weeds about this, meaning that I don't get into too much bother about it as long as we're not doing things that are just just grossly un- unhealthy. So meaning I try to avoid some of the really rich, um, semi-moist treats, things like jerky treats or uh, little pepperoni sticks, um some of those type of treats. And, and I try to stay to more of a dry biscuit or even, you know, in small amounts, things like little mini rice cakes can be a good little snack. Um, you mean like human rice s- cakes?
7: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay.
6: Yeah. So that's a a nice little crunch. Um, And, you know, even things like carrots, you know, we do have sugar in carrots. But um, if we're looking to go into something like that rather than giving a kind of a pre-produced dog treat um, that we're not really sure what the fat content and how that's going to relate to the diabetes, you know, something like that would be a good substitution as well.
5: All right. Well, this particular company uh, was founded by a woman who had an older diabetic dog, and uh, so she has specially formulated uh, this treat with uh, some uh, ingredients that apparently uh, support the diabetic dog. But I'm wondering, uh, I was concerned about uh, feeding between meals because I had been strongly uh, advised by the vet not to give anything between those two meals after which she has a uh, insulin shot mm-hmm. but these particular uh, treats are supposed to be okay
6: Well, and and I guess I should comment on that because that is an important thing to think about is that for the average dog or cat that's diabetic, we want the majority of the calories consumed at the time when their insulin is given. Um, So that's how they're going to be best able to process their food and to use that energy. So yes, in general, your veterinarian is saying the right thing. Um, you know, we don't want to give treats throughout the day willy-nilly because that's not going to be in the pet's best interest. Now, we do have some dogs where we do notice that they kind of drop a little bit and they're maybe in their blood sugar curve. And that's, you know, a test that your, your veterinarian does to evaluate the, the timing of when the insulin kind of kicks in and when the blood sugars are going to start to rise again. But I do have some dogs that maybe at the midday area actually benefit from a little small snack just to keep their blood sugar steady. Well, that's true. Um, just
5: when I uh, give this little uh, treat to her, and I, uh, it comes in small, very dry, hard uh, chips, and I uh, break them and I give them. I give them then, and then I give a few uh, when I take them out for their last walk before they go to bed.
6: Mhm. Yeah. And I know treats are, you know, it's a big part of, you know, having a pet. I I I do it myself. Um but there are actually even situations where we can um avoid the actual treat item and actually use the dog food because a lot of times it's more the psychological treat than really what we're giving. So yeah. if you are having any dietary challenges with either pancreatitis or managing that diabetes, we can always go back to the diabetic food and just giving that as a treat item and just kind of making a big to do about it. And uh many people will find that, you know, you give that piece of kibble and- and it's just as well-received if you kind of do that, ooh, wow, look at this, ooh, yeah, the song and dance right. that goes along with it.
5: But you think that this uh, is okay a little at noon and maybe just a tad before bed?
6: I can't state on that particular product. I'm just not familiar with that, unfortunately. Oh, okay. but, in, but, but, but in general, I'm... See, I mean,
5: any, any little treat uh, is, is better midday. And uh, then you don't, yeah, you don't the have
6: timing hurt. is totally fine. I'm fine with that. But yeah, I and I would you know ultimately refer this back to your veterinarian because I don't want to say something that's going right. to jeopardize your pet's regulation. And that's something that we really have to look at those numbers when we check those blood sugar curves to figure out um, you know is there an optimum time when we might want to treat. Right.
5: So, One last quick question: uh, huh? How about canned green beans drained and rinsed? as a little filler uh, to control weight when when feeding the main uh, uh, breakfast and dinner.
6: Yeah, I'd rather use fresh green beans rather than canned, uh, mostly just because I'm all for unprocessed foods. Right. (laughs) And, you know, there's salt that's added to that, and even sometimes in sugar that's added to those canned products. So, um, you know, a nice fresh green bean has got a nice crisp snap to it. Um, I find that many dogs find that more fun than a mushy green bean that's just sitting on their food.
5: (laughs) okay
6: so go raw
5: (laughs) we agree so that that's uh very interesting well thank you so much this has been very enlightening thank you for your call today
2: robin toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to dr debbie or joey villani and don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app of course, uh, you're guilty of giving the mushy processed green beans. Yeah,
3: you know, but I do buy the cans that no salt added, but, uh, I'm going to try the raw. They'll eat raw, huh? Raw green beans. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of clients that their pets actually prefer raw vegetables because there's like a snap, a crunch, and it's, yeah. you know, um, some dogs really crave that
3: try it next time i won't cook them i'll just buy them raw and see what she thinks
2: there you go if you want to talk to dr debbie right now toll free 1-866-405-8405 if you happen to have a yorkshire terrier a shih tzu a pug or a mini schnauzer check out her books how to be your dog's best friend They're kindle books over at amazon and of course links to everything that you've heard about on today's show at animalradio.pet i don't know if you saw this story Lori, about the uh dog's being displaced from the Louisiana flood and now they're being transferred to prison. Wow, really? Yeah, apparently these 45 dogs and 34 cats that have been displaced from the flood are in a mobile rescue unit now that they got after Katrina, but they they can't fit in there anymore and it's just not good enough. So they're moving them to the Dixon Correctional Facility where inmates will care for them in lieu of their own.
4: Oh, I love this.
2: Yes. Because it, it helps the inmates, it helps the dogs. Yep, it's a win-win. It is a win-win.
4: It's probably the most loving relationship those animals will ever have.
2: Other than their owners. Hopefully these we, owners you know, will be reunited eventually with them.
4: Right, but when when you have them with the prisoners, the, pri- yeah. the prisoner is just focused on that animal. Yeah,
3: devoted. They There's no one else. No other yeah. outside interest, nothing to take away their time.
2: Not to mention that prisoners, uh, in general, they're, uh, everything's very conditional for them. In their life they're judged all the time they've been judged and they're judged mm-hmm. daily so when you put them in a relationship with an animal that does not judge them that gives them unconditional love it does amazing things for both the inmate and of course the animal
4: that's an excellent point I never thought of that Wow
2: the uh, the numbers are toll- free one eight six six four oh five eight four oh five This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Visit them over at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio.
8: Roll over. Hey, wait a minute. You haven't taught me how to do that trick. I can give you my paw, though. It's Alan Cable on the mess.
9: Not very good at doing tricks.
8: Time for your amazing dog watch.
0: And there he goes.
8: Buddy the dog climbs trees. I've never seen one climb a tree before. That's Jerry. She's Buddy's dog owner or human companion or dog roommate, whatever you want to call her. He's been climbing trees since he was a puppy, probably trying to get away from this show. I was nervous about it at first, but now he seems very sure-footed, and so I don't worry about him. He looks like a squirrel, jumping jumping from branch to branch to branch. He just chases. I think I'll start climbing trees.
0: Squirrels need to watch out.
8: This is Animal Radio, baby.
10: Hello, this is Dr. Paul on Animal Radio. The pets are all part of your life. Make them welcome in your life.
0: For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets.com.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 8405
7: Oh,
3: sorry. Was that on? Yeah, it was on. We're just waiting for you, Hal.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry about that. I didn't see the on-air light. In a few minutes, Dr. Nicholas Dodman will be joining us. He's an animal psychiatrist, and he says, yes, your animals can suffer from the same maladies that humans do. Like imagine a racehorse with Tourette's. Tourette's syndrome. Yes, apparently wow. this is a true story. Or cats with obsessive-compulsive disorder.
6: Jeez. Yeah, Dr. Donman, he's amazing in the veterinary field, so it, I'm really very excited to hear from him.
2: really is. I can't imagine what an obsessive compulsive disorder for a cat would be. Uh, <laughs> washing their hands several times, licking themselves a lot. I don't know.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> Checking that the doors locked 20 times when they Co-
2: leave. Who knows? Yeah. That's on the way. Also, how, does
4: a, how does a horse exhibit Tourette's? That's really yeah. interesting.
2: That, we'll, we'll ask him in just a couple of minutes. Also, comedian Christine O'Leary will be joining us. She was uh, voted... Let's see if I can find this. Oh, yeah. O'Leary was nominated by Curve Magazine as one of the 50 funniest in America.
3: Curve Magazine. What an honor.
2: We will be the judge of that in just a few <laughs> minutes right here on Animal Radio and see what she's doing for animals. Uh, boy, Lori, <laughs> what's going on in your world over there?
4: Uh, it's hard to top you guys, that's for sure, but um, there's a, a survey that's been done. It's got just different kinds of questions that make the animal world really interesting to us. And And one of the questions is, okay, we find out that women are slightly more likely to have, as a pet, a dog or a cat. Now, if you take a dog and a cat off the table now, so what kind of pet are men more likely than women to have?
2: Oh, I would tell If it's not if a dog it's, not a dog or, or it's a not a dog
3: or
4: cat. Mm-mm.
2: Bird? Ferret? Are you going to tell us or do we have to wait? Yet,
4: but but it's pretty interesting. Okay.
2: <laughs> we'll have to stick around for that. That's with Lori in just a few minutes. Also, Robert Simro with five things dog owners need to achieve harmony in the home. Five things dog owners need to achieve harmony in the home.
3: Lots of kennels for timeouts.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll find out what he has to say in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. But first, let's go to your calls.
6: Yeah, you're struggling with that tongue today, huh?
2: <laughs> I am. Let's take another one for Dr. Debbie, and we have Mike on the phone. Hey, Mike. Hi. How are you doing, Mike?
11: Okay, driving right now. What, where
2: are you driving?
11: I'm in, just coming into Oklahoma City. Oh, okay. Well, we got
2: the doctor here. What's going on with your dog?
11: I have a about a six year old American spit. And she has bad
6: breath. <laughs> what do you think she says uh, about you? Oh my gosh!
11: <laughs> <laughs> no, she—her brother is fine. He doesn't have any problems. I got her when she was three months old, and she's more or less had it since. then. we've tried everything.
7: Okay. On her. What have you so tried? I,
11: well, I've tried all kinds of dog bones. You know, they used to uh, supposed to be for bad breath in dogs and stuff, okay. and nothing has helped her.
6: Okay. My first and my biggest question for you is, have you had her in to have her teeth evaluated and cleaned at your veterinary office? No.
11: She's going to go in when I get home.
6: Awesome. She does
11: have some plaque on the back ones. Now, and this is one thing I know, I even bought some, um, somebody was talking about it a while ago on taking to their dogs to um, a groomer, and the groomer is doing it, which is illegal. Oh, yeah, we talked you know, about that
6: before.
2: The anesthesia-free dental cleaning that got you so steamed, Dr. It did, Daddy.
6: yeah. Now, yeah. I'm not opposed to... I don't, I don't think that. No, and I don't think I have a problem with groomers doing teeth brushing. Brushing is different, but I think that's your job as a pet parent at home to do regular brushing. But, yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of the uh, let your uh, hairdresser uh, clean your child's teeth thing. That's just no. out of my park. No, I'm not either. Like you but said, the said, they, the, could, if the they num- put a, Go ahead, oh. The the number one cause of bad breath in dogs is periodontal disease. So that's why I was asking you if you had regular dental cleanings done. So, any bad breath in your pet. I'm going to say lift that lip up. And I'm going to say it's most likely due to the bacteria film and the plaque products on the teeth and along the gum line. So we have to address that first. So you may throw all the yeah. dental bones at your baby and all the rinses and gels. But if we're not really getting to the core problem of that bacteria yeah. film and, re- and removing plaque, that's the, that's a, the bare yeah, that's, bones that's getting one to of the my best
11: same things I'm going to do when I get her home this time. But she's on the road with me all the time.
6: Yeah, and then once we get the teeth evaluated, cleaned, hopefully there's no bad teeth in there. But in many cases, in my own dog, I was fooled by this. uh Outer teeth look great and then ended up, probing the teeth when we had them under for a teeth cleaning, and we actually had a pocket behind one of the teeth, and that was a rotten root. There was no outward sign. So we took an x-ray, found a bad tooth in my perfect mouth dog. So there can be problems that lurk under that gum line. So I, I definitely I applaud your efforts at getting your dog's teeth cleaned. And then from there, we can try things like brushing the teeth preferably three to seven times a week would be best. Um, and then yeah. using things like rinses and uh, water additives, things like that, that might help oh. keep that mouth fresh.
11: Yeah, that's what I found. I found some stuff that it's a gel that you put on her teeth for the plaque, mm-hmm. and then plus some stuff that's a uh, mint plate in her water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I yeah, tried and that for about four days, and it didn't even touch
6: yeah. her breath. <laughs> Cause that stuff on the teeth is like cement. So yeah, that's, and that's why it's hard for some of these, um, ancillary products to kind of help because, yeah, we got to get the, the grossness off those teeth. And, you know, not everybody like can, if you guys could see what we pull off a dog's teeth, you'd really understand. And it's really some gross stuff. I've actually had dogs tart or chip across and thank God I had glasses on and almost hit my eye. We're talking really. Concrete It's, it's and stuff. hard stuff. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, best wishes with the dental cleaning and uh, hope they don't find anything serious. But if they uh, hopefully just clean things up and get you on the right path for some home care that you can do either while you're on the road um, or when you're settled um, into different areas. So there's a lot of different avenues that you can do. And even some dental diets that can be helpful preventing plaque accumulation and that periodontal disease. So. Oh, we got a lot of homework you can do. (laughs) We wish you the best of luck, Mike.
2: Mike. Thanks for your call, 1-866-405-8405. Did you know canine
9: caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics. Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. If you have cats, I bet you didn't realize there's a connection between common health problems in cats to the type of litter you use. Ammonia forms in the litter box and can cause vomiting, diarrhea, drooling, panting, and even upper respiratory infections. You can stop this by switching to Cat's Incredible Litter. It has patented technology that stops ammonia from forming, with all profits going to help animals in need. Available now at your local pet store and Petco stores nationwide.
4: This is an animal radio news update. I'm Lori Brooks. Virgin Australia Airlines is positioning itself as the pet friendly airline and in so many ways and you're not gonna believe what they're doing to back up that claim. They have offered to fly rescue dogs across the continent to new owners for free. Uh that's only in Australia though. The airline is partnered with Jet Pets and will be helping animal welfare groups connect surrendered or abandoned dogs with new owners. One rescue director there says the free travel offer will literally save the lives of thousands of pets because sometimes those rescues have to go outside their local area to find a pet. It's perfect forever home. And this offer also opens up the entire country to find those new homes and give pets their well-deserved second chance. If I were to ask you, I feel like Alex Trebek doing that, but the residents of which country have the most pets? What country would you say? China. Hmm. That's a good <laughs> guess. Judy? I'd say the United States. Really? Yeah. Sure. Uh-uh. No. Uh, you know, neither of you are right. I'm sorry oh, wow. about that. Uh But the U.S. is in the top five, Judy. Number five, to be exact. And according to an online survey of more than 27,000 people in 22 countries around the globe, Pet ownership is highest in Latin America with 80% of people in both Argentina and Mexico having a pet. So they have more pets. I know, who would have thought? Uh, Brazil is third on that list at 75%. Then Russia, Russians have more pets than we do. And then the USA is fifth on that list with 70% of us being pet owners. Now, most of those pets in every country there that we just talked about in the top five, except for Russia, most of those pets are dogs. Now, in Russia, cats are way more popular than dogs. 57% of Russians, more than half, have a pet cat, compared to only 27% who have a dog. France and the United States, though, are just behind Russia in the percentage of cat owners. Some other findings that are interesting from this survey, Asian countries have the smallest number of people who own pets, and the country with the least amount of pets is South Korea. Now, when it comes to the battle of the sexes, you know, the women versus men thing, the survey found that women are slightly more likely to have a dog or a cat as a pet. However, I thought this was hysterical. Men are more likely than women to have pet fish. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you you know, you think about that. Uh, Any guesses on which country takes the title of having the most pet fish? China. <laughs> <laughs> U.S., United States. <laughs> now, keeping fish as pets is most popular in, we got to give this to Hal, China. Uh, he knew if he kept uh, saying China, he'd eventually get it, yeah, right? Yeah, he'd eventually get one. And yeah. you got one, too, pretty close. Uh, birds as pets. Any guesses on
3: that country? Uh, I'd say, like, South America, Latin America. Yeah. yeah. Turkey. 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 People
4: in Turkey. Yeah. Wow. I know there's some real curveballs in that survey, but there sure is. it was very interesting. Now, really, Hal, I have to tell you, um, sent me this story and I read it. <laughs> it. It was just so amazing. I have to say, I looked at it. I almost shot him an email and said, thanks a lot, Hal, because now I'm bawling my eyes out. Um, so I, I'm going to tell you about these pictures. Uh, if you've seen them already, you've probably shed a few tears yourself, but there are 26 photos that capture the moments a uh, pet owner is treating her dog to a a fun packed, if it can be that, final day before taking the dog to the veterinarian and saying a final goodbye. Mm. It's just a a heartbreaker. It really was. An injured user shared the pictures of a pit-bullish looking dog named Hannah. And Hannah was enjoying some of her favorite things on her last day. The first photo shows uh, Hannah sitting in the front seat of the car, holding her head down. It's kind of a sad picture. And uh, the owner captioned it, I I don't know if She knows or not, which puts a lump in your throat, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. The next picture shows uh, Hannah really sad, kind of puppy dog eyes, looking at the camera and the caption. She trusts me to make a choice, no matter how hard it might be. And that really is just so true. But these, the pictures, I mean, every picture was just so moving. And it just becomes more and more tear-jerking from there. Another picture of Hannah says, I know she's tired, but the stairs are hard, the hills become mountains, and the pills don't work. And then the next photo caption is a picture of Hannah, of course, Hannah the dog. But if I have to make that choice, the owner writes, then let's make the last day the best one yet. Mm -hmm. And there are some uplifting pictures in there. And Making Hannah's last day the best. The owner first treats her to some pampering and captured a few images of her getting a hot bath for her aching bones. and. Oh, and then she had a heart-shaped beauty mark, a temporary tattoo kind of thing, put on Hannah's shoulder. And then Hannah went to McDonald's and got a cheeseburger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, that's like, I've done that before. I've taken a dog through the magic window to get some McNuggets. <laughs> um, but then come the photos of Hannah's human sibling saying their goodbyes to the dog they've known all their lives. You know, and how do you tell children that? They're probably, I don't know, about Six and eight, I, I had to take a guess. Uh, then there's a few happy photos. Hannah wearing pink, uh, pink bandana, getting her nails painted pink and all this stuff. And, and she's standing there with another dog and both the dogs are smiling. It's an old dog friend of hers. Uh, the second to the last photo. So you're getting to the end. You're already crying, right? And this series shows uh, Hannah in the car with her owner. This is the second to the last photo as they ride to the vet clinic together. Mm. And then the last photo, you know, you think, okay, if this is them going to the vet, uh, the last photo is just uh, heart shattering. I couldn't get it out of my head for several hours is the owner, a girl, young girl, probably in her twenties, I would say early thirties, lying on the floor next to Hannah. They're both there on a blanket and she is tightly hugging and you can see her face as she has her arms around her dog on the tile floor on the blanket as, you know, the life slips out of her baby. Sure. that was, uh, you know, anybody who has ever had to do that, I think it just really brought back the, all that pain. Yeah. Definitely. Well,
2: I'm going to post the links to that if we can over at the website. Oh, you or have to our to. Our Facebook page. For I that. saw that. And Damn. you know what? That, that's such a great idea. If you have to put your animal down, your dog, it's why not just give them a one great last <laughs> day? Yeah. That's great. I
7: love
4: it. Yeah. You know, I thought so too. It, it, you know, it's like they deserve a day. It's not like, you know, coming home from work at five o'clock and getting them to the vet by six. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Spend the day with them such... doing things they enjoy. Right. So Hal, thank you for sending that. I, I, I don't know that I would have had the courage to look at it, but it was, um, ah. it was real touching. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. You look at the photos. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm Lori Brooks. Be sure that you get more breaking animal news. We'll give it to you anytime you need it, where we will have the links to those photos at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
12: Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, five things dog owners must do to achieve harmony in the home. There are certain things that every dog owner should do to achieve harmony in the home. And while some of them seem obvious, things like patience and knowledge, well, how those are used and applied are quite different, and patience and love only go so far. So let's begin with having a regular schedule. In other words, what are you going to do with your dog on a regular daily basis? It doesn't have to be complex or wild, but it should be consistent. Having a plan is a key to harmony, regularity, and of course, a peaceful environment. Next, what activities will you be a part of on a regular basis? Much like your two-legged children, your four-legged kids also need a regular schedule and pattern. Will there be daily walks, swims, or just a good amount of time devoted to belly rubs on the couch watching TV? Again, consistency is important. Activities have a huge impact on their physical and mental health. So a daily walk is almost a must-do for most breeds. And then there are some breeds who excel at outdoor activities, things like frisbee catching, agility courses, dock diving, and so much more. There's never been more things to do with your dog than there are today. Find something that you love and they'll love it as well. Next, you can't exercise your way out of a bad nutritional diet. So depending on your previous answers, you'll now need to figure out what your nutritional approach is going to be. There's so many important things to understand about nutrition that you need to commit some time and effort to understanding your pooch's needs. Again, nutrition's the foundation for everything we get out of our pets. One of the more common things I'm hearing about these days is pet allergies. And does your pet have a food allergy? Would you even know if they had a food allergy? And did you know that there are tests that can help you determine if your dog has food allergies? Work with a qualified veterinarian or pet nutritionist to find out what's best for your dog. It'll save you time, money, and your best friend can avoid some of those messy, upset stomachs. Health planning is also important. Remember, just because your pet isn't showing symptoms of being sick, doesn't mean that you should skip a visit to the vet. Additionally, every dog owner must have a team. That's right, assemble your super dog team. That team should include a veterinarian, a groomer, and a caregiver who can watch your pet when you're not available to. I know there's many other things that you can add to that team, and I encourage you all to do that. In the end, your dog will find peace and harmony when you find peace and harmony. Share your dog parent home harmony solutions on our Animal Radio Facebook page.
9: Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics. Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
2: It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets and the toll-free number 1-866-405-8405. In fact, we'll go back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. But first, I always love visiting with comedians. And this next comedian, what I love about her bio is uh, she was nominated by Curve Magazine as one of the 50 funniest lesbians in America. And we welcome to the show (laughs) comedian Christine O'Leary. Hi, Christine. How are you doing? Oh, I am so awesome now that I have you on the phone and everything.
13: Isn't that the funniest credential of all time? I do I'll love take it.
2: it. I do love it. <laughs> we're having you on because well not only are you a big old animal lover there, but uh you, you just I had,
13: thought you were gonna say big old lesbian right there. But anyway, <laughs> that too.
2: You just did a uh, comedy event, one of these shows to raise money for an organization that's rescuing cats out of Aruba. I, I was unaware that there were problems with cats in Aruba.
13: It's actually dogs. Dogs, and okay, exactly. And um, really, it's an amazing organization because Aruba, as a country, really is not doing a good job at all uh, by way of dogs and um, neutering and spaying and uh, you know capturing and you know getting them under control. And so they are euthanizing. Uh, dogs, and they're now my friends, but they went over there and they were on vacation and, you know, these women and, right, were dog just as the people, just to go back to Lesbian for 30 seconds. I don't know one people who loves animals more than Lesbian. I know everyone does, but I'm just saying it's kind of part of our people. So anyway, uh, they discovered this, and some of them were pilots, and so they started working to rescue these animals out of Aruba before they were euthanized really street dogs and finding them homes here. And I loved what they were doing so much because they made their vacation into good and by way of these dogs. So uh they've placed I think almost a thousand dogs uh just in a while. So Wow. Yeah. So I said, Well I'll be your dog mule, I'll go to Aruba and, you know, buy the ticket for the dog to bring home the dog to foster to send to a foster um or a permanent place. So it's terrific. It's really great to get to take stand-up comedy and to make it do good. And animals have no voice, as you know. And so,
2: it's You haven't fun. heard my cats. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. It's so so truth. you did this comedy show with other comedians I take it?
13: I did. I teach stand-up. Oh, um, really? Yes, I have a uh uh, perfect work ethic to be a teacher because I'm also codependent, so I like to share the tricks uh, <laughs> with everyone so that everyone can get as high as I am on uh, getting the laughs. And so my students, they're actually not just my students, they're legitimate stand-up comics. And so I said, you guys, we got to step up the stand-up, comedy for a cause, so we raised a lot of money for Aruba Dogs and a new chance.
2: And you're uh, doing it again, is that correct, October 4th?
13: Exactly. We just keep doing it. We're like a machine now. Well, comics always want stage time, right? Sure.
2: Do you have dogs now?
13: I do. I have Tilly, who's a little King Charles Cavalier Spaniel, 16 pounds, uh, little red ruby. And her name is Tilly. Some people call her Tillilicious. She's terrific. She had a really strange, uh, spooky uh, stroke uh, a year ago, and she's completely rehabbed.
2: Do you teach her comedy?
13: I do teach her comedy. She's Well, we're kind of like Grey Gardens, especially ever since my partner and I, ever since she had the stroke, like we're the crazy dog ladies now. Uh-huh. You know, we're like, she's special, she gets a car seat, we pretend she's our baby.
2: Do you, you dress know. her up?
13: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, she's really good in a tutu, very good in a tutu. doesn't like the hair stuff, but she's very flexible post-stroke. You'd never know she had a stroke, but she's, she's not snarky anymore. She's like... Hey, man, I can stand up. Let's get dressed up, just like Mommy. Well,
2: you're doing Story. wonderful things for the animals. Before we go, i got to ask you, because I really thought you could not teach comedy. I thought that would be like teaching love. Do you ever have, like, a student that just is a real dud? I just can't just do it. not funny?
13: <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. A few things maybe you didn't know about stand-up. Uh, probably sometimes, but not exactly, because comedy is a way to tell the truth, and comedy is a way to solve a problem, and everyone really has both. So if people sort of follow the instruction and the group process that I take people through over the course of eight weeks, of course it's $300, some people say it's cheaper than therapy, (laughs) that uh, we go through a group process and we rip and read and we figure out with the group whether the ideas are formulated or not, where the laughs are, and we build on those laughs. The other thing I want to tell you is that if you think of a traditional stand-up comedy room, or a club. The backdrop is a brick wall, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. The stage is tiny, and it's ice cold down there. It's usually dark, and people are packed in. That brick wall, by design, is because it's for a reason. Doing stand-up comedy is to simulate an assassination. Because <laughs> <laughs> only one of two things is going to happen: the comic's going to kill, or the comic's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and and just to quickly, I promise. Just about animals, in, in reference to this. People always ask me about hecklers in clubs. What's that about? And I always talk about Mutual of Omaha. Remember that nature show, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And the gazelle would be like running across. So that's the comic. We all want that gazelle to make it. That's We're all watching. That's why comics, we jam them in that room. Your audience wants you to win. But if that gazelle trips, on one rock uh, yeah. we're like where's the jaguar take her throat out it's going down <laughs> you know
14: what I mean and we also want to watch that
13: <laughs> but remember that you know I really appreciate your all of your listeners really supporting stand-up because it's amazing to hear people's stories like that they work really really hard I have doctors lawyers people who just got married going through divorce chemo and it really it can up the quality of your life because you'll own your first five minutes in a way you've never owned your
2: life before. Pets and comedy, they're the two things that are just going to make you feel really good. And I got to tell you, I'm going to give up my shrink. I'm calling him after the show today, and I'm going to start taking your classes. Do so, it. Uh, ChristineO'Leary.com is the website. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Thanks, Christine.
7: Thank you, Animal Radio. <laughs>
13: No matter what kind of allergy day you're having, relief can be yours with Nasacort Allergy 24-Hour. Its prescription-strength medicine effectively relieves your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, for 24 hours. (sighs) Nasacort has no harsh taste, is non-drowsy, and non-addictive. Unlike Flonase, Nasacort is scent and alcohol-free. For effective nasal allergy relief, choose Nasacort. It's guaranteed relief or your money back. Details at Nasacort.com.
0: Use as directed.
1: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Coming up this hour, besides your calls... Which we're taking
2: toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Or you can ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This hour, Dr. Nicholas Dodman. He is an animal psychiatrist. This is probably his fourth or fifth appearance here on Animal Radio. And he says racehorses can have Tourette Syndrome. Dogs can have epilepsy. Cats can have OCD. I wonder if there's any animals that have ADD. Bird, bird. Is there any animals, <laughs> any dogs that don't have ADD? <laughs> that's, that, that's my question he uh, has a brand new book called Pets on the Couch and we'll talk to him in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio
4: Lori what are you working on over there in the newsroom hey I have some hot stock tips for you Ooh. and they all have to do with animals pets somehow I mean and these stocks are making lots of money great returns
2: I will tell you that I I have a little bit of control over my retirement account and that I can select the stocks that I want in my retirement account. And I have selected some animal stocks, and they have just done outperformed. They, wow. they have done phenomenal. And I don't know if it's just a little bubble now or something, but we'll find out more with Lori Brooks in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to the phones. Hey, Sherry, how are you doing? I'm
14: excellent. How are you?
2: Very good. Where are you calling from today?
14: Good. I am calling from Sun River, Oregon.
2: Sun River? Is it sunny in Sun River, Oregon?
14: It most certainly is, right by the river.
2: <laughs> oh. So what's going on with your animals?
14: Well, you know, I'm doing a lot of camping, and um, although in this area we don't have a lot of fleas, we do have chicks. So I'm just kind of curious about if there's some alternative I can give to them other than, uh, you know, some organic method that I can try to keep them from it rather than the, the stuff that's on the market.
6: Yeah, you know, most of the, the things that people recommend that are, um, you know, give orally are, are more for fleas and kind of the old, you know, um, garlic and brewer's yeast and so forth. And I don't even find those work for fleas. So no, I don't recommend those kind of things for tick repellency. Um, okay. as far as there have been some, uh, and this is a dog we're talking about, not a cat, right? Correct. There, there are some, um, products that use essential oils such as the, uh, eucalyptus, lemon oil, geranium oil, um, that that can actually have repellency effect against some parasites, some um, external parasites. The challenge is, okay. is that they have to be processed, or they have to be used in a safe manner, meaning that, uh, essential oils can actually be toxic, um, to animals if they're ingested in large amounts or they're applied directly to the skin in high concentration. So, um, sure. that, that could be something that you could look at doing, and I've seen some folks, um, even use that kind of stuff, um, uh, in different, uh, topical products or on the pet's bedding, um, in their, uh-huh. in their home, um, bedding area. Uh, I'm sorry, their kennel area. Um, uh-huh. so that's a thought. Um, as far as the, I mean there's some really great flea I'm sorry flea and tick collars that have some great efficacy. So I'm kind of inclined to recommend those type of things like the Preventic collar can be really nice. Um it's not necessarily okay. organic um but it can really help with pets that are in those environments that we have um ticks. Okay.
14: So the collars are probably a, a better idea than that. Because the other stuff falls so chemical, and I really don't like that, but the collar you could take on and off if they weren't if they were outside when you, you could put it on, and then when they're inside, you could take it off.
6: You could, yeah, although there's some benefit of keeping that on when they're still in the general environment um, because we want to keep that um, on them. So I wouldn't necessarily take it on and off unless there was some sensitivity to it. Um, Okay. But, yeah, a lot of those collars can really be helpful to repel those critters and to keep them from setting up an infestation. Um, Okay. And and you're not dealing with fleas at all? It's mostly the ticks, huh?
14: No, it's just fleas. I've just, excuse me, yes, it's just ticks. We don't have any fleas in our area at all.
6: Okay. Okay, lucky yeah. you and, yeah, right. and you know there are some really wonderful products that do work for fleas and ticks that are more um, that you can find through your veterinarian that last for sometimes as long as four months. Um, so okay. those are more of like an oral product or some of the topicals that have some nice efficacy for that. But I understand if you're kind of looking for a different different direction, something you don't want to give uh, them to ingest directly.
14: right, right. Okay. Well, thank
2: you so much.: Okay, hey, my pleasure. Thank you for your call. No fleas in sunny river it's, It should be no fleas, sunny river what they should call it. It <laughs> <Jeez,
3: how? Just laughs> sounds like a song.
2: Ticks, though, so, lots of ticks. And you know what? When you're removing them, you've got to be so careful removing those puppies.
6: Ugh. Yeah, you don't want to leave behind those little mouth parts, because then they'll get an infection and, and certainly get quite uncomfortable with that. So
2: We'll head back to those phones in just a couple of seconds for Dr. Debbie and dog father Joey Volani. Now, uh, Nike, the studio stunt cat, he's on uh, Prozac. Is that correct? Kitty Prozac. Kitty Prozac. Yes, Do you know he why is, he is, why is he taking he, Prozac?
3: He was a very anxious cat. He couldn't relax. He used to pace. He would pace the walls, every corner, and walk the whole length of a wall and go into another room and walk along the walls, and he'd spray, and he'd just The other cats would be sleeping, and he was like awake. 95 percent of the time and he couldn't he couldn't relax
2: oh wow i guess i was a little surprised to find out that your cat was being treated with a medicine that's uh, used for humans it's made a
3: big difference he can finally rest during the day and sleep and he's not so anxious you know
2: who we have on the phone is my favorite animal shrink nicholas dodman hi nicholas how you doing dr dodman
10: hey i'm good thank you
2: Brand new book called Pets on the Couch, Neurotic Dogs, Compulsive Cats, Anxious Birds, and the New Science of Animal Psychiatry. It seems like we're treating animals for all too human problems.
10: Well, that's kind of the point of the book. Um, you know, over the 35 years I've been at Tufts, for the most of that time I've been an animal behaviorist, and, you know, I started out not really realizing the similarity between uh, pets Behavioral issues and human psychiatric and psychological problems. But I found myself studying a condition that was later renamed obsessive compulsive disorder. And then we, in the process of looking at that, we stumbled across a canine version of autism. Wow. And then we found, you know, that the human drugs that treat those things will also treat cats, as you were saying at the top of the show there. And then we found animals with ptsd which were a mirror image of the human disorder and then we found different types of anxiety generalized anxiety even to you know one of the chaps in the book is about tourette's disease in a horse
2: tourette's in a racehorse wow how does that manifest itself
10: well um if you know anything about tourette's in people Uh you know it starts at about seven years old well it starts at the equivalent age in a horse about 18 months and they start to make a strange noise, uh, not all of them, but not all Tourette's um, utter these strange profanities or other words. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the, the, in fact, the tra- title of the chapter is called The Horse Who Went Harumph, <laughs> and it was a bizarre vocalization that didn't kind of seem like equine language as we taught it to the students, uh, something completely bizarre. They also have a large head, neck, motor tick, which a lot of um, Tourette syndrome sufferers wow. have and striking out with one limb which uh, Tourette sufferers do it's called hemibolismus and it occurs mainly in males as does Tourette syndrome in people and, and the, the story on about 14 out of 14 points the parallels are precise wow. we even got the attention of the Tourette syndrome association who totally believed us gave us a grant to look at the drugs That they use in people and to see how they worked in the equine model they thought of it and it was exactly the same treatments that turned on or turned off serotonin uh, turned on or turned off dopamine and other neurotransmitter systems had precisely the same effect in the horse as they did in people.
6: And, Doc, I have a question, because I have a lot of, you know, patients with OCD, especially I can think of a bull terrier that was doing a lot of tail chasing. So when, when someone comes in and says, I think my dog is a slow learner, how, how do you um, counsel them into saying, you know, it's more of a training issue or maybe it's in fact something like autism?
10: We started out, you know, my, my first interest I just mentioned was, uh, repetitive disorders which were later renamed by a psychiatrist as a matter of fact um... dr judith rapaport first noted that the acral lick disorder where dogs compulsively lick their wrists actually has so many parallels with the human hand-washing uh... version of ocd Um and so i was looking at bull terries as if they had OCD. Um, they, but funnily enough we did some eegs you know brainwave studies on them and they also had um, seizures, a type of seizure, anyway. And they also, the tail chasers, tend to be male. The ratio is four to five to four, male to female. And they also tend to have trouncing spells where they freeze under bushes. And they can also, not all of them, but they can also have explosive aggression. And bottom line is when you put all those signs together and more, um, They're the same signs as happen in uh, autistic spectrum disorders in people. But even so, just the look of it did not really convince uh, one journal we tried to submit that uh, premise to, the Journal of Autism and Childhood Developmental Disorders. And they said, we would believe you, but you really need to have some kind of biological marker so it's not just looks like, but actually is like. So we talked to a human autism expert at Tufts University, Dr. Theo Herides, nice Greek name, and he said, yes, in autistic children you have elevation of a strange material called neurotensin. It's present in everyone, but it's, it's elevated in autistic children. And also you have problems with the, um, you know, the, the stress axis in the brain and increased um, ACTH, adrenocorticotrophic hormone, So we said, all right, we've got to prove it. So we go and get blood samples from affected versus control, significantly elevated in the dogs, just like in the autistic children. So now we had the biomarker. We finally got the paper published in a journal called Translational Psychiatry, which is a very prestigious journal and one of the nature series of journals. So it wasn't in some backwater with, you know, no reviewers or poor reviewers. This was really given the the ninth degree.
2: We are with Dr. Nicholas Dodman, uh, who's been? This is got to be your fourth or fifth time on Animal Radio. We, your life is all about animal psychiatry and animal behaviorist. And I have a great question about depression and suicide. Coming up next, we've got to take a quick break. We'll be back with Dr. Nicholas Diamond right after this.
6: Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's
0: V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Hey, everyone.
1: This is Life Tips with Geico.
0: Life Tip 1. Use a shower squeegee to remove pet fur from carpet.
1: Squeegee is also very fun to say. Consider it when naming a pet or child.
0: Life tip two. Switch to GEICO and you could save hundreds on your car insurance.
1: With over 75 years of experience and a 97% customer satisfaction rating, they know what they're doing.
0: GEICO. Get savings into your life. Visit GEICO.com today.
2: It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets We'll head back to the phones in just a couple of minutes. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405. But first, we're back with Dr. Nicholas Dodman, animal psychiatrist and author of Pets on the Couch. Neurotic dogs, compulsive cats, anxious birds, and the new science of animal psychiatry, his latest book. I got to ask, how do you tell if your dog or cat is depressed and like humans, you say they're so much like humans, can they commit suicide?
10: Well, first of all, they can be depressed. Usually it's in a state of bereavement that, you know, maybe they've lost you know, sometimes um, through death um, a very closely bonded canine companion. Sometimes it's the moving out of an owner, you know, a divorce situation where a husband is no longer around, for example. Sometimes it's the death of the owner. And after that, a formerly joyful, springy, happy dog suddenly turns into a moping dog who just sort of mopes around the house, his world seems gray, he's no longer interested in his toys, he has very little energy for walks, he might eat less, he might lose weight, he might sleep more in a 24 hour cycle. And in fact, basically everything that a human would show in depression, and they look sad, but a lot of my colleagues say you can't say that because you don't know they're sad. Well, I do choose to read the tea leaves and I think they are sad. (laughs) And depressed and mopey, but remember that is a state of depression. So what they don't get is a trait of depression. At least we haven't found it yet. Um, but in terms of suicide, they wouldn't, want to know, wouldn't know how to do it, and, and I don't think they would even have that thought. They might think life is pointless, but there's, there's no way they can think their way out of that. I mean, even for a person, it's pretty tricky. You know, how am I going to? Am I going to drive my car first? Am I going to dr- jump off a bridge? Am I going to? eat a bottle of pills. I mean, none of those outlets are really available to them, even if they were savvy enough to think about it. But, you know, they don't seem to have, you know, one part. I mean, they're not, their computer, which is their brain, is not as uh, swift as ours. It's not, not. It's great at being a dog, but it doesn't have, like, say, one um, aspect would be abstract thought. They don't think abstractly, um, like, where did I come from? You know, what am I doing on this planet? Um... What's going to happen after I die? Will I be reborn, or, or is there a sort of a, a, a god whose dog, a dog god? I mean, they, they don't have those thoughts. They sort of live more in the moment, and I personally don't think they're capable of suicide. Uh, I did have one owner who said they thought their dog had committed suicide because they were on a high-rise in New York City, and the dog was terrified of loud noises, and they had a flexi-lead on it with a big plastic chunk of the handle, and they dropped it behind the dog, and the dog fled upwards, and kept running, 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 and ran straight off the edge of the high rise. I said, oh, he committed suicide. But I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. What about uh,
2: ADD? A lot of people say I have ADD. Can animals have attention deficit disorder?
10: Um, It depends who you ask, but you're asking me, so I would say yes. And, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of my colleagues in the American College of Veterinary Behaviorists, ACVB, who uh, totally agree. Um, You know, one of my colleagues, Personally, I diagnose about 32% of all the patients who come to see me. I diagnose with ADHD, and the fact is, he has it himself. So I think he sees more than actually is. I think it's not not as common as that. There are other people who say they believe in it, but they haven't seen it. Another couple of people who might say I've seen one or two cases that I think were it. But I've had cases where the owner keeps saying, you know, he's so hyperactive, and I am very careful to define uh, hyperactive versus overactive because if a dog is just overactive he's full of energy full of beans also always wants to go for a walk especially a high energy breed or individual um, all they need is the right amount of exercise and a proper diet and clear communication and proper outlets for their energy but if it's ADD or ADHD really um, they they don't uh, you know it's impossible you know with, with exercise and all the normal things to get it under control I usually start that way, by treating them as if they haven't got it, as if they're overactive. But when that isn't working, I sometimes do what is known as a Ritalin trial. So you take, you know, one of the common drugs to treat ADD is um, Ritalin, which is a stimulant, and we give, I give it to them in increasing doses until I see an effect. And if that effect is that they become hyperactive, then the, 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 which is what would happen for a normal person or dog given effectively speed they would speed up. Um, But if all of a sudden they become super calm and the owner starts reporting back, wow, he seems just like a normal dog. That's not what should happen with a stimulant unless you have ADD. Mm.
2: Uh I imagine that there's a big wall you have to climb convincing people that animals suffer from the same maladies as humans, psychological
10: maladies. Yeah, well, this book is sort of the grappling hooks to help them climb that wall into realization that they have thought processes that are similar to our own. You know, there's so many people still out there that say, oh, dogs don't have a sense of time, do they? Yes, they do. You you leave them for an eight-hour day, Mm -hmm. they're as bored as you would be if you're left alone with nothing to do for eight hours. Sure. Um, And and dogs, they they, they don't remember things, do they? Why, yes, they do. (laughs) And I've proved that in spades. And, you know, okay, so they can... Be frightened of something, but they don't have secondary emotions, which I talk about in the book. Uh, yes, they do. Uh, maybe even tertiary emotions too. Um, do they realize? Um, the, the latest hurdle for animals is: Do they have a theory of mind, which means do they recognize themselves as sort of independent agents? You know, um, here I am, Jasper the dog, and there's my pal, Rusty the dog, who incidentally are both sitting right next to me. Um, do they realize that each one realizes they are them and the other one is another entity who sometimes has different ideas that they can capitalize on? That would be theory of mind in action. And uh, yes, they do.
2: And you got to check out the book. It's called Pets on the Couch, Neurotic Dogs, Compulsive Cats, Anxious Birds, and the New Science of Animal Psychiatry. I have 10 copies to give away right now toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to Amazon and pick up this intriguing read from Dr. Nicholas Dodman. And as always, thank you so much for joining us today.
10: Thank you, guys. Good to be back.
1: Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 8th Annual Month-Long Pet Adoption Tour Get Your Licks on Route 66, on the road from September through October. Along with media sponsor Animal Radio and companion sponsors Turbmut Mutt and Evercare, We travel in our Mercedes Sprinter, provided by Sprinter Rentals from L.A. to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Our community sponsors, John Paul Pet, Zeus Pet Toys, Pet Kyrian, Well Pet, Tito's Vodka, and Vets Best go along for the ride, while we bring our giant spinning wheel filled with prizes you can win. Log on to Get Your Licks on Route66.com to find out where the tour stops near you. You can help raise money for your shelter, and you might just find your new forever friend.
4: This is an Animal Radio News update. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, do you play the stock market? You are going to love me for this one. Americans' attachments to their pets has fostered, you know, a $60 billion industry that is producing some best-in-show stock performances. Shares of several companies animal-related companies, pets, that, you know, sell pet food, develop diagnostic medical tests for animals, or uh, offer veterinary care. These companies, their stocks have far outrun the many other types of stocks this year with an average total return of nearly 35% versus the other performing around 8% on the S&P 500. Shares of animal health testing company IDEX Laboratories, for example, have skyrocketed more than 50% this year, while vet clinic operator VCA is up 31%, and pet food maker Blue Buffalo Pet Products is up 40%. Fresh pet stocks are up 25% this year. It's just amazing. that Those are all... Incredible returns. Business experts say this is all due to the humanization of pets that we have going on and consumers' willingness now to spend on their pets very heavily because pets are increasingly being considered part of the family. A Nigerian man is being charged with provoking people and breach of peace because he named his dog after Nigerian President Muhammadu Buhari, the man who lives in southern Nigeria, bought his dog, named it Buhari, and then wrote on both sides of it the name Buhari and then paraded it in front of a bunch of people from northern Nigeria, which is where the Nigerian president is from. Are you following this? Yes. The dog owner was then um, arrested by police who say his action was too provocative and capable of breaching the peace. And here's why. Because Nigeria is in the middle of its worst economic crisis in decades, and, you know, tensions many times erupt between northerners who are Muslims and the people from the predominantly Christian southern part of the country. So they've got this civil war going. Well, the man from the south painting the name of the president who is from the north – is too provocative for times of civil strife. But interesting that he used a dog to do that. I I hope he really loved the dog, was my thought. Mm -hmm. Following a successful Kickstarter campaign, Feline Environmental Enrichment Design Company has launched a very cool no-bowl feeding system. It's the world's first, they say, indoor hunting system for cats. Hunting. It's hunting. Hunting. Oh, okay. Hunting as a way of feeding them, you know, getting them stimulated living in like an, a more natural environment. It's uh, based on the science of feline behavior and environmental enrichment and designed, they say, to satisfy a cat's natural hunting instinct and also you know, manage their weight, give them a little more exercise, prevent some anxiety and uh, prevent digestive issues. Now, during its brief Kickstarter campaign, it became fully funded in only four days, raising more than $170,000. Wow. Now, here's what it, yeah, it comes with. That's a lot of money. It consists of five no bowls of what they call a portion filler and a training toy to teach cats how to use it. The actual no bowl is designed to mimic the body of prey, something, you know, like might be a mouse or a bird or something, with an oval shape. And it rolls in such a way that cats associate it with the hunt. And it's got two dispensing holes in it for kibble of any size. And now that's actually the naked no bowl. (laughs) Okay, what they call it. The naked no bowl bowl because it comes with different what they call skins that are different colors and textures to stimulate the tactile feel of prey. Which allows the cats to, to grab it, you know, sink their claws into it, kinda of snag it, and use their teeth just as they would in the wild. Huh. And they're washable, by the way.
2: You know what? My cat would just look at that and go, What? Yeah. What what the hell? Yeah.
4: I- <laughs> Where's my food? Yeah. I'm- I didn't hear the can pop there, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm not
2: playing this game, Dad.
4: <laughs> well you have how many cats, Al?
2: Uh several dozen as far as I can last
4: <laughs> count. Yeah, that's what I thought. The cat father. Well, last fall, we got the good news that the National Institutes of Health was no longer going to be supporting the use of chimpanzees in research, promising to transition the animals into retirement, finally. Now, however, it wasn't until just a few weeks ago that the agency really finally formalized plans for getting hundreds of chimps out of their labs and into their new lives. Now, that's just the plans. The government doesn't do anything quickly. The NIH, by the way, if you're not familiar with the National Institutes of Health, is really the big dog of the biomedical research world, and many of its scientists across the U.S. rely on animals for research, including over 300 chimpanzees. And, you know, this is going to be a slow process, like we said. But eventually, the remaining research chimps are going to be moved to a location or a place called... Chimp Haven, which is a facility, is going to manage the retirees, the chimp retirees for NIH at the government's expense. It's estimated that it's going to take, though, a decade to get all of the chimps into the retirement facility. And it's going to be very expensive because you have to consider, you know, that these chimps, a lot of them are, you know, getting on in years already, but they can live to be up to 60 years old in captivity and already this is the really sad part a lot of them are already sick because they've been you know injected with viruses and things like that and they're suffering through some pretty complicated conditions brought on by whatever research project they were involved with but this whole plan by the way to retire the chimpanzees only applies to chimps it doesn't apply to other primates to say nothing of, you know, the millions of other animals that are used in research each year. While the government does have its plans for chimpanzees, private labs, sorry to say, are still able to use chimps for research. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an animal radio news update. Get more at animalradio.com.
2: Okay, if you're looking for a brand new furry companion. Might I suggest you check out Fido Friendly's. Get your licks on Route 66 Adoption Tour going on right now. Working their way across the country on America's favorite highway. Sort of. I like the 405. The 101's also very nice. And the 1, of course, is really nice. <laughs> but we're talking about Route 66. And this Wednesday, they'll be at the Arizona Humane Society in Phoenix. On Saturday, at the PetSmart in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And on Sunday, at the PetSmart in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So if you live in any of those cities... Be sure to hook up with the Get Your Licks on Route 66 Adoption Tour. And even if you're planning on not adopting an animal, they have lots of giveaways and lots of fun stuff. So you want to check it out.
3: Come out and spin, spin the, wheel. the wheel for lots of prizes and help support them.
2: And, of course, you can learn more over at FidoFriendly.com. Okay. Hey, Peter. Hello. How are you doing? Very fine. Where are you calling from today?
15: Reading, PA.
2: Reading, Pennsylvania. I love you guys over there. You love your animals. I have the whole team here. How can we help you?
15: Um, I wanted to know um uh, how do I know that um um my female cat is pregnant because um in my neighborhood we have a lot of um street cats and and they roam around, so um one day I saw uh, a fat cat um walking slow, and um it was a female, and I just wanted to know um, okay like how do I know
6: all right, Peter, so I take it your your uh, female cat is out gallivanting out in the neighborhood.
15: Well, um, there's um, on several street cats that I see on um, walking around, and I just okay, but she's to...
6: going outside though, right? That's I just got to make sure that it's possible that she's getting outside where those other cats are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well chances are she'll probably be pregnant before long so if she's not um certainly you know i'd encourage you to get get her spayed um cuz cats they they pretty much will continuously go into heat so if your cat's not in heat and she stops having signs of heat she's probably pregnant um so Uh, Let's just kind of go over some basic things. So cats are generally pregnant for about 63 days. So about two months uh, in essence. So that first month pregnancy at home can be a little bit difficult to determine. Um, you might notice, um, kind of similar to women that uh, she might eat less, kind of like that whole nausea thing going on. Um, some kitties will get a little bit more affectionate, and um, sometimes you might notice that her nipples would get a little bit more prominent, a little pinker um, than normal. But um, it, it's, it can be really challenging. So at this point, this, if you, you're not noticing anything really significant, it might be wise to take her to the veterinarian um, because we as veterinarians can pick up pregnancy within that first month by different means, sometimes simply as examining and feeling the valley. As far as ultrasound, um, at three weeks, um, we can generally pick up whether a kitty or a dog is pregnant. Now,
2: is it, it's kind of hard to get them to pee on a stick, too. So you, that's not a, <laughs> one of the ways you do it, right?
6: Well, I mean, there is a pregnancy test. But um, I'd have to say that generally it is is—it's uh, generally pretty simple to determine uh, pregnancy for different methods. just depends on what phase. So if they're a little bit further along, um, there's the uh, x-rays that we will do at 45 days um and that helps not just to determine pregnancy but it actually tells you how many babies they have which is even more important because nobody wants to be sitting at home at 1 a.m. <laughs> on a weekend and not know if your kitty is pushing is there another baby and there are not um because you want you want to be armed with that information how many
15: kittens do they have when they have give birth how many
6: Yeah, it's generally between about, I'd say, four to six kittens. And, uh, you know, funny thing with cats is that they are very sneaky when it comes to delivery. Um, and I do get a lot of calls of people really panicking. So if your cat is pregnant and starting to go into labor, Um, you need to be aware that that's going to take sometimes uh, six hours. Um, They'll take a break in between. Um, Each kitten comes about every 30 to 60 minutes, but um, that whole process can be really quite drawn out. And if you disturb them and say the household's too noisy or a bunch of people come over and, hey, watch my cat, it's having kittens, they'll stop.
12: Just because you don't have time to read a book doesn't mean you can't enjoy stories about artists and groups that you love. To discover a whole new world of audiobooks and hear the stories that made the music, visit
2: happylandaudio.com. That's
12: happylandaudio.com.
2: We visit with Blake Russell again, who last week told us about genetic preservation and what Viagen Pets does.
15: Welcome back to the show, Blake. Thank you, Hal. Yeah, we're very excited. We're ready to make our announcement about our first cloned puppy ever born in the United States. And, you know, most people, they're not even aware yet that companion animal cloning is available here. And so this puppy, she's going to get the opportunity to tell the world that cloning technology is available for pet owners everywhere.
7: I
3: have to ask, what kind of puppy was it?
15: She's a Jack Russell.
2: What was the story behind the Jack
3: Russell?
15: Well, she has an owner who believes that she was the dog of a lifetime, and she's getting older, and he saw the opportunity to extend this bond that he had with her, and so He's anxiously awaiting now. She cannot be um, sent to um, her owner until she's weaned, and uh, she's still a few weeks away from that. So he's watching her on video every day and communicating with her, and it's just going really, really well. So are there others waiting in the wings to do this? Yes, sir. We have a waiting list now that's building as word is getting out, Um, not only around the U.S., but everywhere, that now puppy and kitten cloning is available here.
2: It sounds like a very hard and complicated process, Blake.
15: Well, the good news is that our team of scientists make it very simple for our clients. Um, our clients take their pet to their veterinarian where they get a simple skin biopsy, and we do the rest. And at the end of the day, the client gets a 100% guarantee that they'll have a healthy veterinarian-inspected genetic match, so an identical twin. There is no genetic modification here. So
3: if you do do genetic preservation, are you required then to do a clone?
15: The first step to cloning is the genetic preservation, but we have hundreds of clients that take that first step, so that then opens the door to future opportunity, but many of those clients are very comfortable just waiting until the opportunity is right for them and their family to proceed with cloning. Mm,
2: there's a lot of information here. Where can we learn more?
15: So they can find us at our website at Viagen pets.com or they can call us at 888-876-6104
1: geico presents a voicemail from your friend water
0: hey it's me water ah look about
9: what happened in your apartment with a broken pipe um i just wanted to apologize for ruining all your stuff and i hope this can all just be some me under the bridge someday oh and also i'm not paying for anything okay bye
1: Water never pays for water damage. Luckily, the Geico Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit Geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us
8: at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
4: Who let the dogs out?
8: Alan Cable, hi.
4: After a minute, we'll take his cone off.
8: I don't know, I might start biting my tail. Here comes your dog watch. They've got all kinds of dogs down there at the shelter.
3: Fixed, um, hips removed.
8: But then it happened, something Barbara'd never seen before.
3: Saw his picture, so I said, sure, we'll take him. Adam!
8: Adam the dog has got a strange problem.
3: Took him in for blood test.
8: Guess what? Adam the dog has allergies. But guess what he's allergic to? Humans. Now there's a new one. A dog that's allergic to people.
3: Seriously? Uh-
8: I know. Barbara was speechless too.
3: I didn't believe her at first. I thought she was kidding. She said, no. Just like we can be allergic to dogs, he is allergic to human dander.
8: Guess what? Adam's going to get allergy shots just like people do.
3: The vet seems to think we can fix him. And he
6: starts on allergy shots this week. <laughs>
1: This is Animal Radio. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. (laughs) If it's usable, use it. Otherwise, cut it and get out. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
2: animal radio celebrating the connection with our pets here is our toll-free number 1-866-405-8405 uh, i see ladybug also answering the phone as she does every week so if your dogs want to call you know they <laughs> i'm just saying. i want
4: you to give my dogs a job like ladybug does because then they would be quieter oh yeah you know what
2: next week they can answer the phones okay okay
4: i Wait
3: a minute. I think you should check with Ladybug first. Well,
2: you need to give Ladybug a week off. Okay. Fine. She's been heavy on the phones for the uh, last couple, hogging them. So if the phone's busy, it's probably Ladybug just <laughs> shooting the poop on the phones. Uh, she is a talker. one 405 8405 We have Christine, I believe, is uh, uh, on this line here. Hi, Christine. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing
16: fine. And you?
2: Good. Where are you calling from?
16: I'm over in Missouri right now, Rolla, Missouri.
2: Are you a driver?
16: Yeah, I'm a
2: truck driver. How, how are your pets today? You know, I have Dr. Debbie on the line with me.
16: Uh, oh, okay. Uh, he's doing fine. I was just wondering, you know, like the pad on their toes? He got it caught. It's probably been about nine days now. Okay. And he got, it, he got it caught in the door when we were closing the door. And Ouch. That, yeah, that pad came off. I mean, it was just hanging. So what we did is we just put Neosport on it and wrapped it up. And had it wrapped up, no, we just unwrapped it like two days ago, and half of it looks like it's connecting. Do you know if the other half will connect, or will it just fall off, or should I take him to the vet?
6: Okay. I'm trying to imagine now, is this the front paw or the back paw?
16: It's his front paw.
6: Okay, and they have, like, the, the toe pads, and then there's a bigger pad.
16: Right.
6: Um, and then there's even a small little what we call an accessory pad kind of up the ankle. Which Which area are we talking about?
16: Uh, toe pad it's not the big one in the middle it's like you know like our thumb it would be the one right next
6: to it okay yeah and fortunately um, dogs have an amazing ability to heal on the foot area unfortunately they frequently damage and injure those areas and my own dogs have done this uh, running out on rocks where they kind of slough and tear off parts of their foot pad um so i i think yes your your dog's pad will heal up now it's already been quite a ways. Um, if it's been that long now, um, it might be worthwhile getting that checked out with a veterinarian. But typically, even if good parts of that toe pad are cut off um, it will regenerate and it does grow back the hard thing is to make sure we keep them off that foot we make them as comfortable as possible and we guard against infection um, so um, hard to say with your situation if you've been doing some of that home care we might be okay um, but I think yeah. it's always good to get a professional to look at that and see if it's something that might need a stitch because in some cases when these toe pads kind of get sliced, um, we do need to get some stitches to kind of help the area heal. Um, okay. and, and, and do you normally have um, your pet out uh, running around a lot, or was this just a freak accident that kind of happened?
16: No, it was just a freak accident. It was in the truck. We're truck drivers, and uh, accidentally closed the door because he's getting old. He used to jump up on the seat, so he never had that problem. And that day, he just happened to, he doesn't hear real well like he used to. And I guess he didn't know, realize the door was closing and his foot was right there. And it just kind of peeled it all the way back. It was hanging. And like I said, we had uh, put the Neosporin and we kept it wrapped up. And it's doing really good. Now, underneath, it's starting to, you know, like it's getting real, like, smooth. It's healing. It's healing. But, uh, like I said, just half of it has connected. The other half is kind of still hanging. And I didn't yeah, know, you know, what what was going to happen, if it would fall off or if I could just take them to the vet If they take it off or what.
6: Yeah, I, I it definitely think like of now. yeah I think at this point it would be worthwhile to have that looked at because at 10 days down the road you shouldn't have anything dangling still um, so that's where you might need to get something you know maybe a quick stitch or two to go in there and sometimes there when there is a tear like that um, some of that tissue can't always be safe so we want to make sure we do the best thing for him uh, preserve his comfort and that's certainly the foremost because you know they're walking on their toes all day long we got to make sure that um, you know we keep that in the best healing uh, ability there so give that a try. I hope we get your boy walking good there soon. Well, there you go. Another
2: jam-packed show. I want to thank Dr. Nicholas Dodman and Christina Leary. Very funny gal she is. I want to take some of her classes and see if I could become funny. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to check out the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now before you forget. And, of course, you can visit us and get your fix all week long at animalradio.pets. The- I love it. If uh, that says it all. That
0: says it all. We'll see yep. you later. Bye. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.
7: Sick
1: and moody. Always a dog. Don't decline. This is Animal Heart Animal Art, Art, Ra- Radio <laughs> Network.
0: Network.